okay. So today we've got kind of a, a special show. Hopefully everyone's hearing us okay. Um, we're talking to Gary Peacock about Dakota Pacific up in, they're doing some development up in Summit County and apparently there's some untoward things going on. So we're going to be, uh, we're going to be talking with Gary. He's going to kind of fill us in. Um, can I just add that this show isn't just for Summit County residents. This is something what Gary's going to get into with us is happening everywhere. This is not just Summit County. Twila County's experienced this, mm-hmm. Salt Lake County, so many counties, and mm-hmm. not just in Utah. This is this is nationwide. This affects all of us. And so what we're going to go into with what's happening in Summit County, I hope you will listen and and please engage. Give us a call. The number should be on the, the numbers right here on the screen. So give us a call. We want to hear from you residents in Summit County. And um, we really appreciate Mr. Peacock joining us today because yeah. he's actually a citizen that got involved. And that we appreciate. All right, Gary, can you hear us? Yes, I can. Can you hear me? We can. We can. All right. So uh, very good. Give us kind of a heads up as to what's going on there in Summit County. Well, it's a pretty complex uh, story, but it started about, uh, well, in 2008, actually, uh, when a a piece of property was uh, bought by the Boyer Corporation uh, and the property they bought had an entitlement to it. And it was from a 2008 development agreement that the county had uh, devised and um, signed that entitlement. So that was for, basically it was a tech parcel. parcel, And they were supposed to build office buildings and or medical labs and or light technology manufacturing. And the original concept was to diversify the economy up here in Summit County, uh, since most of our economy is related to tourism, uh, the novelty of Park City uh, in the wintertime, of course, uh, we have three world-class resorts uh, up here on our side of the mountain. On the other side is Alta and Snowbird, but we have the canyons, Perk City Mountain Resort in Deer Valley. Uh, So Boyer uh, apparently tried to uh, attract some tech uh, tenants and they did get one. It was Skullcandy um, came up here and built a headquarters, uh, a pretty substantial facility. And then that was the end of it. So then Boyer corporation ended up selling it to Dakota Pacific. And uh, the story is that when Dakota Pacific purchased the land, they understood the entitlements were for a tech park, but they didn't want to build a tech park. So they'd asked the uh, county if they would be receptive to a uh, large project that would be residential based. So Um, can I... Could, do you mind? Yes. I'm sorry. So initially, you're saying that as, county, as part of zoning goes, this was initially commercial, just right out of the gate. This was a commercial property. And they went to the council and asked it to be deemed, deemed residential. 
they asked it to be, they wanted an, an amendment to the entitlement. So that would have to be a separate agreement and the county uh, would have to agree to that. So um, Dakota Pacific uh, came with a massive plan. It's, uh, the parcel is about 60 acres. And uh, so they came up with a 58 acre plan that was 1,100 units, a hotel, commercial and retail space, right in the middle of Kimball Junction. Wow. Mm -hmm. um, and so this went somewhat unnoticed in uh, Park City for a year or two. There was a uh, hardcore group of community activists that were going to the council meetings and uh, opposing that development, but the community by and large was totally unaware of this until about October of 2021. And that's when I found out about this development. And so I was shocked about it. So I started uh, publishing uh, on Nextdoor and other media inside of Park City and um, describing this project, I had a map that showed the 30 some odd buildings um, and uh, people were shocked and astounded that they'd never heard of this. So uh, the county in the meantime was all ready to vote on this. Uh, in 2021, they had one public comment meeting, not very well attended in late January of 2021. And uh, by August, they were prepared to vote four to one for this project. And uh, so they were kind of trying to tweak the project and get it a little more green. And uh, so in the meantime, the community became not only awaken, but they became outraged. And they were outraged because nobody had bothered to tell the community about this. Uh, and uh, certainly not Dakota Pacific. They did nothing to try to sell this to the community. Instead, all their time and effort in trying to convince just three of the five county councilors. So on December 1st, 2021, they had the only the second public comment meeting in 2021. And uh, we got the biggest turnout that anybody had ever seen in the history of Summit County. We got over, well, right around a thousand people to come. It was at the New Park Hotel. The fire department had to kick people out because we were over the occupancy. There were hundreds of people on Zoom was a five-hour meeting, 80 people spoke against that project. And I would say it was about 95% against that project. Uh, on December 15th, Dakota Pacific came back and put a pause on their land application. And they said, well, we're going to rethink this project in the face of so much uh, community opposition and we'll We'll go back and we've heard of interesting ideas for this project. So basically, um, they went silent for, well, until about uh, sometime in 2022 or early 2023, 
they came back with a, a slightly modified project. That project threw out the hotel. The number of units went down to 721 total units. It had a central park in it. It had two uncovered pickleball courts, uh, but mostly it had uh, townhomes and condos, and it had 200 um, affordable housing units. So uh, this is the main interest the council interested in this project to begin with, is because um, affordable housing is uh, in dire need across the state, uh, the state of Utah, this is this is where it all gets interesting. The st state of Utah has been encouraging, uh, twisting arms even in the various municipalities and counties. And Ed, this is going up across the country where states are uh, trying to force municipalities to add affordable housing, whether or not they want it. Um, so. They came back with this new project, and uh, there were a bunch of discussions about it, and uh, the community came back last year. We had two meetings. About 700 people attended those in person, and then we had lots of people on Zoom. And uh, again, 95% against this. And so the council said they'd take all this into consideration, and then they would vote on it. So... Um, I guess it was sometime, I guess, I'm guessing around March, February, March, uh, they announced that there'd be a decision vote in Colville at five o'clock on a certain day. So a bunch of us drove out to hear the decision and they didn't take a vote. They announced instead that they were suing Dakota Pacific and for monetary damages also. What are they suing them for? What's the what's the gist of the lawsuit? Is it because Dakota Pacific kept changing the the idea of the development or or what's no, the lawsuit about? No, I I left out a very important part of interest in the chronology of this, but during the 2 years since uh, 2021 uh after Dakota Pacific um, was told by the community that this was uh, not acceptable. They went and instead of just working on their project, they went to the state legislature and they got a, uh, a bill passed uh, that basically said that the county would um, have to agree to a proposal like this if it had an HTRZ, which is a transit zone. It's essentially a glorified bus stop. And um, so they said, well, how about, so the county looked at that and they said, uh, well, we don't think that applies. And uh, they met all the requirements of the legislation. Um, and so they said, well, uh, we're not gonna approve this yet. There's still a lot more issues to discuss. So in last year's legislative session, a representative, a state uh, senator from Cache Valley, his name's Casey Snyder. Casey Snyder uh, got a law passed called SB 84. And that law specifically entitled 
a company to 39 units per acre, which just happened to exactly overlay on the Dakota Pacific project. And while it did not specify Dakota Pacific, it just said a developer that wants to build some affordable housing and market rate units, they don't have to get the approval of the county. That's so, ridiculous. That's ridiculous. We had legislators actually going behind the backs of local government. Yes. And there was, I can tell you that uh, not just the community, but the counselors were outraged because uh, Dakota Pacific had been extremely deceptive with this. They'd been working with their lobbyists and with the leadership. And this bill, SB 84, was passed in the last three days of the legislative session. It came out of a committee, uh, which is the Natural Resources Committee. Do you think that uh, a project like this belongs in the Natural Resources Committee? No, it doesn't. And so uh, we heard about this. And so Roger Armstrong, one of the counselors here and other people went down to the Hill and they wanted to uh, testify about this bill. Well, guess what? Uh, the committee uh, didn't hear them. They went down, spent three hours waiting in line. And at the end of the day, they said, well, that's all the time we have. Uh, and the next day they said the same thing. So no comment from the elected mm -hmm. counselors from Summit County. So that law got passed, signed by Governor Cox, who basically said that he supported this bill um, because it had, uh, there was a initiative inside the state to support affordable housing. But the truth is that hardly any legislators read that bill. Basically, Brad well, Wilson- Hold on, hold on, this is my shocked face. Go on. Go on. Um, uh, none of the legislators, very few of them actually read that piece of legislation. They were told by the uh, president of the Senate and the um, speaker of the House, Brad Wilson, they were told to vote for it. So they all vote for it. It was a massive yes. Uh, the law passed. And um, then that's when the county decided to sue. So they, um, the legal department, a very formidable legal department, by the way, uh, there have been other issues in Summit County and the legal department here is very capable and they sued uh, in Summit County court and guess what, they won. Um, they basically said that that law did not apply to Summit County. And the reason for this is, as we understand it, is that in the Utah state constitution, it says specifically that the legislature shall not abridge or invalidate any contracts inside a municipality or county. So the county had a contract. This land was right. sold right. with an entitlement. It was sold with the 2008 Tech Park development agreement. And so the court said, um, 
no, that law doesn't apply. So Dakota Pacific came back and said, oh, we're going to appeal that. So that went on for uh, the rest of the year, last year. And then uh, interesting thing happened. Uh, the council started inviting people from the state legislator to come up legislation, legislator, legislature, I should say. <laughs> they, they invited people to come up and see Summit County because certain people in um, the legislature had these impressions about what Summit County was like. You know, it's Park City and they're all rich up here in Park City and they're elitists and they're all Democrats. And so there was, uh, we felt like they really didn't understand Summit County very well. So the counselor, counselors invited people up, including Casey Snyder. And while he was up here late last year, he uh, decided that um, he asked if the county and the developer could meet and try to work out their differences. And Mediation. Not mediation. Uh, it was a series of working sessions that were uh, in public. You could attend these meetings. You could um, view them on Zoom. They recorded the meetings. You could look at the meetings later on, on Facebook. So uh, we've had a series. We've had about uh, four or five of these meetings which had been completely non-productive. Uh, the first two meetings were on transportation and uh, we had estimated that there'd be about 3,000 more cars in Kimple Junction than there that's are today. Insane. It is insane. That, that's if insane anybody, traffic. If you go out today, right now, 224 is jammed with skiers starting to leave the resorts it's over an hour from Deer Valley to 80 right now. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's doing the opposite of what of what the initial idea was. And that was to bring in in business that is going to have people come and go home and actually take some of that tech industry that Lehigh's having, some of that development, get a little silicon slopes happening in the most beautiful city ever. But it's actually causing people to live there, which Affordable housing is always relative. And this is what I tell everyone. What's affordable to you may not be affordable to me. And um, they're talking apartments. Is that right? Yes. Apartments for rent. And they would, uh, you would qualify for affordable housing based on the average median income in the county, which is about $150,000. <laughs> oh, is that it? Oh, <laughs> well, so hold now on. you're adding commuters. Double nightmare. the state's median income. <laughs> hold on. People renting are probably going out of the city to work, or I mean, this is a That's, commuter. This sounds like a, a comedy show where the super rich drive by the almost rich and call them hillbillies. It's just too great. Yes, the billionaires are pushing out the millionaires. So, <laughs> oh, dear. Let me just tell you, uh, you started laughing too quick, but I need to explain what this affordable housing and what AMI has to do with this. So the way that people would qualify if they were interested in um, one of these 
apartments, a one a one bedroom, a two bedroom, a three bedroom. Uh, they have a number of units that are available for different income levels. So if you, let's say that you only had 40% income of the 150 million, 150,000, sorry, 150,000. So uh, 40% half would be 75K. So call it 60K, 55K. If your average, if your income was 55K, you could apply for the 40% affordable housing. Then they have another uh, uh, category for 60% and another category for 80%. Okay. So then various people with different incomes uh, could in fact get a, an apartment at a substandard rates, sub market rates, I should say. Uh, the, uh, housing up here is very expensive to buy a, a property. It's very expensive to rent a property. It's very expensive. So, but that's only a couple hundred units. In the meantime, there's over 500 market rate condos and townhomes that they'd be selling for millions of dollars. And that's why they're doing, I was going to ask, because when you first mentioned affordable housing, I thought, yeah, that's good. But commercial yeah. developments are usually more profitable to build if you get cut in on that. But when you mention that 500 units at, you know, a million dollars an apartment or whatever it is, that flips it's way the scale. More than that. If you well, could get one million dollars, you'd be it'd be great. They'd so sell that's out what in two hours. But what we're talking to is infrastructure. That's what and, they're banking and on. And usually that infrastructure lays at the hands of the council to cover. If the developers got a plan for infrastructure, that's got to include schools mm -hmm. for these people. It's got to include traffic studies. I mean, Kimball Junction is not getting any bigger. Let me, How are they going to do this? Let me address that for you. It's very interesting. So, yes, the people of uh, Summit County came to these public comment meetings and they said, oh, okay, you're going to have all these additional people here. They're going to have children. They're going to have cars. So that means that's going to put a burden on uh, the traffic, first of Natural all. Natural resources. <laughs> it's going to put a burden on water. There's a water requirement for a 58-acre complex like this. Uh, there is going to be a need for the expansion of schools. You're going to need police and fire. Uh, you're going to need to increase the capacity for that. Uh, and then just um, all the, the uh, retail things. You know, if you, ever, if you ever go up to Smith's here in Kimball Junction during the ski season, it's impossible to park in the parking lot. And there's a long mm -hmm. line with all the tourists you know, buying stuff. Uh, so uh, the truth is that the council is not allowed by law to take into account the infrastructure burden. There is no study to see what the impact is on the infrastructure. Unbelievable. And they're not, it is unbelievable they're not allowed to take that into account. Now, you mentioned a traffic study. Here's another, I just wrote an article for Nextdoor in the last few days and I called it 
Summit County Council Theater of the Absurd. Uh, <laughs> they are basically saying that the tech park uh, idea is obsolete. And anyway, the tech park is going to cause more traffic. So we naturally asked, why do you believe that? And they said, oh, because of the traffic study. Right. There's been two traffic studies done. Guess who did those traffic studies? Dakota, Dakota. Pacific. Okay. So, <laughs> they did the their lobbyists did it in their office on a Thursday morning before they had a meeting with the well, legislature. Practically that's pretty close because they published two thousand pages of this traffic study. And the county said, Well, uh, we're not gonna get old by this traffic study. It's obvious that Dakota Pacific is commissioning this and paying for it. So we're going to hire a audit firm. And to make sure they're impartial, we're going to hire it out of state. So hire they did. They hired a firm in the Northeast and they came in and they said, oh, their process is, is good. We audited it and the process is good. Okay, well, how many cars did you count? None. Uh, did you look at uh, times through Ute and Olympic boulevards? How long a wait is there? What a time wait? of year? Yeah, here's the key. I'm getting to that. You're exactly Sorry. right. You must know the, you have just exactly the right question to ask here. Because the study was done using UDOT cameras. And they did the study in one day in April. <sighs> April, after the ski season and during midweek, they didn't take <laughs> the weekend, they didn't do it during <laughs> And uh, then, this is uh, as absurd. I said, they did two studies. They had the audacity to tell us that the second study, which was the more recent study, they said, well, it looks like the traffic's easing. It's like everybody, like the council people said, well, I'm sorry, but there's no, there, anecdotally, this can't be true because we're all experiencing these huge uh, wait times to get in and out of Kimball Junction. It's not easy, it's increasing. And uh, we did so the study between 2 a.m. and 2.15 a.m. on a Thursday. Right. Yeah, they saw six cars. What are you guys complaining about? <laughs> That's basically, so uh, we had an independent oh. traffic expert uh, here in Park City, and he looked at that, and he did a thorough analysis of the study, sent the council um, his view of this, saying the study is completely invalid. But now, back to this um, firm that the county um, hired to audit. It was in the Northeast, right? It turns out that they have an office in Salt Lake City, which the county, I don't ask me what kind of incompetent person decided on that company without checking to see if they had an office in Salt Lake City, but they did. And the traffic study industry, that business is a tiny little business. Everybody knows everybody in this industry. So- uh uh, so the traffic studies were invalid. The audit, which was only to audit the process, it didn't actually look at any of the data. 
and they didn't take any data. And I, took, I bet they took a lot of money out of that council. Well, <laughs> it was paid for by Dakota Pacific. Of course it was. I mean, the council, the council, you're right. The council paid for the audit. I don't know how much they paid for that. But now this was uh, that study. The latest study is uh, maybe um, 18 months old. And now that the council, for some reason, is now supporting this development again, they go back and they quote this study, revising the history where we thoroughly debunked that traffic study. And now the council themselves are saying, well, the traffic study, it basically shows that the uh, tech park uh, will have more cars. Now, how? let me ask you this. How could they know that it has more cars without knowing what kind of business is going to be there. The density magic the ball. They, they have a magic ball. They have <laughs> no guessing. way. They have no way of knowing that. And intuitively, if you think about it, um, people that come to work are going to park in a parking space. Maybe they go to lunch. When they're done, they leave. People that live in Kimball Junction at the Dakota Pacific Project, they're going to have multiple cars uh, and they are going to live in Park City. So they're taking their car and they're going everywhere, 24 hours a day, on weekends, during holidays. It just makes sense that a residential development is going to have more traffic. You said that they just assumed... Um, you just you said early on that they just assumed that you're all Democrats in your county. You're all rich, all of that. And I want to I want to look at that. Your council is all Democrat and a lot of all your elected offices are. I'm wondering, don't you have two seats open this this election season and you have some three? three. So the people of Summit County, they can keep voting blue and get more of the same. Or maybe it's time they put some different candidates in there who will look at it from a more conservative viewpoint. This doesn't sound like it's a Republican-Democrat thing because it sounds like the Democratic Council's trying to stop it. No, they're not. Now they just agreed to go along with it. It's the Republicans in our state house that backed them. It's a bipartisan here. The Republican Party here in Park City and some accounting's against it. The Democrats are against it. Everybody's against it. Um, so why is except the for all of a sudden for it then. Well, I can tell you why. I can tell you why. Um, so there's a belief that since this project has a entitlement for either tech, right now it's tech park. It has an entitlement. So there's a strong belief that something's going to get built on that. Uh, and so the um, the council thinks that it would be good to get some affordable housing and try to negotiate with Dakota Pacific, get the number of units down, they've, uh, which they've been unable to do. They've had a half a dozen meetings and it's still the plan C, 721 units, uh, the the council came back and said, how about 500 units? And half of those will be affordable housing and half will be market rate. So this is hilarious. Uh, what uh, the 
what Dakota Pacific countered with was, oh yeah, uh, well, we can't really do 500 units, but we can add more affordable housing units, but we're going to have to add more market rate units to <laughs> so then so they are trying to get more than 727 units and add a fourth story there's going to be three story buildings if they approve this they want to add another story four story buildings and they want to take away all the structured parking and put in surface parking because that's cheaper <laughs> And then they can add more affordable housing units uh, as long as they're allowed to add more market rate units. Oh, okay, that's hilarious. It's, it's, it, it, it's unbelievable. It's if it wasn't so sad, this would just be like a well, comedy. Hour. I understand why the state legislatures want to push this through because they're going to look good just by saying affordable housing. You need to have big quotation marks next to. Uh, the the comment of affordable housing there yes <laughs> but they 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 look good doing that and it doesn't affect them and the legislatures that are ramming this through are any of them from Summit County are any of them from a district that that no that votes for them so no there you go they cash suffer no valley. loss cash valley uh, is doing this but you have to look at the legislature. The legislature is about 70% developers and Dakota Pacific, they have oh, a Oh, it's long... that low now? Pardon did, me? Did, they, did the developers lose a few in the legislature? I thought it was 85, but. Yeah. <laughs> well, That's I've heard 70% it's, and I've heard about 95% LDS. So, well, and you've got realtors. So people so you, who benefit from developers. That's right. That's right. So the, so then you have this mandate, Governor Cox just sees affordable housing. And those are the magic words that every developer that comes to Summit County uses. <laughs> hey, we've got affordable housing. And then in the fine print, you know, two thirds <laughs> of the development is actually market rate. Uh, well, you have to put affordable in quotes because, again, it's all relative. Every affordable to one person is every not apartment to will have a carport. And next to the second and fourth poles of that carport is affordable housing right there. They can lay down with their cardboard box. That's and right. Well, every location will have probably two cars. The parking space alone for a development like this would be huge. Because when you make $150,000 a year, you don't own just one car. You're not a little family who's surviving paycheck to paycheck. I'm going to get into the business right now of installing Tesla charging ports. Should have done that. And year when ago. they build that, I'm going to be busy for years. Okay, now you could still be busy. There's, there's one more wrinkle here that you haven't heard about. That's an amazing part of this whole story. So, when this project was first proposed, we had a guy named Glenn Wright here. Uh, Glenn Wright was the chairman of the county council, and he decided that in order to get UDOT to be interested in Kimball Junction, they needed to build this project because it would create chaos. And that the citizens, he's actually published this strategy in the local paper. This is no secret. 
he wanted to create traffic chaos so that UDOT would have to come up here and provide a fix. So he's gone. Uh, he's gone now. Um, Doug Clyde, who is another strong proponent, he's gone. Uh, so we have uh, two new counselors there this last year. And uh, so they invited UDOT. And the region, the regional VP came from UDOT and they said the following. Well, first of all, we don't know what the solution is, but we have three different alternatives. Option B, which has been the favored option in Park City for the last couple of years, turns out when you actually get down to the details, they wanted to have an underpass. They were going to dig out 248, an underpass to bypass Ute and Olympic Boulevards, but to accommodate all the traffic in Kimball Junction, they had to put left turn lanes, right turn lanes. They had to put frontage roads. This thing turned so into- So how much does that project cost? Oh no, you're freezing. You said 12. Is there a B after that? <laughs> okay. Gary, stop for one second. Project. Okay, stop for one second. You Gary. So then you got you froze up there. We missed Gary, we Gary. missed the number. We missed the you, you stopped after left hand turn lanes and I asked well, what how much that cost. Ooh. 160 million, and that's not what did you say initially for the underpass? Because you said 12, and then you 12 cut lanes. 12 lanes. 12 lanes. 12 lanes. Kimball Junction, the 224 right now is four lanes. Oh. And they and were going to add eight tax more dollars, lanes. not Summit County. That's from UDOT, which gets paid through my tax that's dollars, right. your tax dollars. Well, part of it is through federal grants, state grants, and still uh, tax dollars. Possibly, Not always. Sometimes they're printed dollars. It is all tax dollars. Yeah. So they decided that that might, may not work. So they're looking at two other options. But here's the rub. UDOT has said we can't make any decision on this until the end of the year, and it could be until 20. 25 before we're able to make a decision. And when they make a decision, it's going to take about five years to complete any project. Well, and the, just, and the, the ridiculousness of slowing everything down for that five years is what? insane. And they want to get the Olympics back here? <laughs> well, no. The Olympics, it turns out, it tur turns out that you die kind of spilled the beans on this and they said, well, you know, we're going to have to do something for uh, the Olympics, which is a 2034 oh, if it gets approved. So our plan is a 10-year plan that we'll be able to get it done within the 10-year envelope, the window for that. And yet Dakota Pacific and the council have been saying, oh, well, if we put in this project, then we'll get help from the legislature and UDOT to be able to do it quicker. But UDOT said, oh, hold on, that's not our process. We no. have a process. Two years for an environmental study, two years 
to investigate the design, finalize the design, line up all the contractors, and two years to build it. This all assumes that they have no cost overruns, uh, no construction delays, and the prop the priority list doesn't change. There's a thing called the stip list in Utah. Have you ever heard of the stip list? It's basically, yeah, it's it's like a triage of projects that happen within the state, isn't that? It's it's a list of all the projects that are planned for the state. Do you think that Kimball Junction's on? that stip list? No, it's not. So you can't even begin to think about a project until you get on the stip list. And they can't even talk about getting on uh, on the stip list until um, the end of the year. In the meantime, the council was blowing past um, all, all these red lights and red flags and said, we want to make a decision on February 20th. The, the community is like, what? How can you make a decision on February 20th when we have no idea of what the traffic fix is going to be? We have no idea how it's going to be funded. We have no idea of the impact on in Kimball Junction. You can't make a decision on this. So yeah. that's kind of the whole story. It's, it's not, it's a story of treachery uh, and the state, overreaching, trying to overpower a local uh, county that knows what they need much better than anybody in Cache Valley. That's Provo up there, Logan. It's Logan. <laughs> yeah. Logan has no idea of what we need. And yet you have Casey Snyder uh, sticking his nose in Summit County's business and saying that you you have to build, you have to build this. What about your congressman? Um, what about getting Congress involved as far as I know we've had these projects in Tooele County and to get on that stip list, for example, for our Mid Valley Highway. And that was a 20 year project. And our council, you know that our mid- commissioners were able to get it sped up quite quickly. But it took not only our local Senate, our senators and our House of Representatives, but it took us getting Chris Stewart involved and and Governor Cox was was a lieutenant governor at the time, but Governor Herbert was on board with it. But again, this was a 20 year progress that they got sped up to 10. And that was a development being done that was very it was so it wasn't intrusive to the cities around it that was happening. You're talking about a project. It's just like when the Olympics were coming under Levitt and they redid all of I-15. That project was years. Now remember, traffic jams became an issue and that was an insane time to live in Utah when I-15, 215 was under construction. I mean, it was an insane time. I can't even fathom what Kimball Junction looks like under construction with the amount of traffic you already have in the winter time. And <laughs> then you go even to summer, now add all the people that live there. And these are people, a lot of them, that make up plenty of money who don't wanna be inconvenienced in the first place, but they're watching their own city get ripped apart right under their noses against their will. I mean, Bye. we should come down to local government every time. So you have someone to hold accountable. That's actually a Republican value. One of the Republican values is to push 
decision making down to local levels and not have the federal government making these decisions or even the state government. That That's a general Republican value. That's not always a Republican in office value. Well, then you get rid of those people. Because I'm saying at this point, you've got three open seats. And now I'm going to lead lead with it. I am a Republican and I'm the chair of the party in Tula County. I know the chair in your county. And um, I even asked her about you. And she says, my goodness, this guy knows a lot. He's been highly involved. And she was very... Melanie, yeah. And she she has learned so much from what you have explained. And Lisa is another person that's a Republican who works hard, and she also highly appreciates the work you've done. And this is something that that we wanted to reach out to Summit County residents, but this is a statewide problem. Um, And Jared and I live in a county that we say we're in a bubble. We have great representation. But it comes down to the fact that if you don't layer, layer this right down to that local representative that sees you at the grocery store, that has their kids in school with your kids, that's joined you in the Rotary, somebody that you absolutely can hold accountable, you're lost. You're lost because money will always win on the bigger that's scale it. that you get. Governor Cox does need more affordable housing in this state. That is a huge problem. I don't know that you go into Park City and Summit County and start calling out Mm -hmm. for affordable housing because, again, relative term. You've got, you know, our county, we're fighting the same thing. We need affordable counting across the state, but no one wants it in their own backyard. But there's there's no number on affordable housing because it is relative. And you're putting a bomb in your county that's going to affect every resident there now, Yeah, not just for their time, but for their money. This has got to be expensive on your guys' local property tax issues and us as a state for you not to do a project like this. This comes out of our pocket. And if it's federal grants and state grants they're getting, yeah, that also comes out of our pocket. People forget well, that. Also, um if they build commercial up there, commercial has a, a, a larger tax benefit. Right. So that pays the commercial the would community. be paying more taxes to build the. Well, they have in, in this project, besides the 721 units, they have 266,000 square feet of commercial and retail space. Okay. Uh, which is not part of the traffic study. Actually, how much did you say again? How much? How much commercial? Two hundred sixty-six thousand square feet. feet. Two hundred sixty-six thousand square feet. Okay. But that's not included in their traffic study. So they're going <laughs> to drive right. traffic to these locations. But yeah, they, they have no they, idea how much traffic they're driving. Well, hey, if we're lucky, all I'm saying, if we're lucky, we can get a little bit of Google. They can come in here and destroy Utah like they did California. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, no, I I agree. I mean, can you imagine uh, a 60-acre project in the middle of Kimball Junction uh, on 224, just the building, when they start excavating and dump trucks and cement trucks and all the workers come, this is, this is going to put a huge burden on that uh, junction as well. And then, uh, then, 
later, if they build this later, uh, UDOT's going to come in and they're going to spend years tearing up, uh, putting in, it, there could be an underpass. There could be another whole exit. They're, they're talking about an exit and they're also talking about widening to 24. So there's all these different projects, but nobody knows which project or how much they're going to cost or when they're going to be built. And yet the county is was ready to make a decision. So That's now here's the, other, here's the other part of it. The uh, county was in a big hurry to make this decision by February 20th. Uh, and that is because it coincides with the current legislative session. Mm -hmm. And they believed, based on conversations with people uh, like Casey Snyder, that uh, maybe the legislature would help him with a few things in Summit County. But nothing's promised, nothing's guaranteed, uh, and the uh, community doesn't have any idea of what this is. So uh, they've been hurrying up trying to get this done. After four years, they tried to get it all done in about five weeks with all these um, working meetings that they've had. And last week, they said, well, you know, we can't get this done because, well, because Dakota Pacific hasn't given up one single unit yet. So they're down in the weeds discussing all these possibilities. And Dakota Pacific says over and over again, um, well, this project won't pencil out if we reduce the units. But the council now has extended these working sessions. And there is no date for a vote. And there is no date for public comment. Um, so they're still trying to pass it, however, we believe. So you, you're looking at it. There's a public meeting on, the, on Tuesday. Is that right? No. Where people can go? No. There's a meeting... There's a meeting next Thursday that people can go and witness the process, but there is no interaction with the council. And by the way, here's another uh, another interesting issue on this. Uh, the council refuses to discuss any of these issues, issues with their constituents. And this is because <laughs> Mar Margaret Olson, who is the attorney for the county, has said that um, that would be unfair to the applicant. And she, and in fact, some of the counselors have said it's illegal. So I sent a letter to Margaret Olson and I said, Margaret, could you please point me to the law that says it's illegal for people that are running for re-election? Did I freeze right. up again? Um, no, you're second. good. I'm, Tell I'm you're sorry. You're telling me that it's illegal for counselors that are running for re-election, uh, they can't say where they sit on Dakota Pacific. So I said, please produce the law. That's so, that's, a, that's like a gag order, order they put on Trump regarding his own trial. Uh, and that's freedom of speech. You can talk know, about what's happening to you. How does How is this even happening? She sent me back a letter yesterday, and it says that she's not going to provide... Uh, the law. She's not going to provide the case law. She says she can't. because she can't. Nope. I specifically <laughs> asked her to show me the law, the regulation, and the case law. She says, 
it's counterproductive, so I'm not going to do this, but be assured that I am speaking with authority. Wow. With authority. So she, she's also elected, is that correct? We can vote her out too. So we are, there is a large scale uh, effort here that if any of these counselors vote for the project and two of them are up for re-election, and if they vote for this project, uh, we're going to try to vote them out. And a Republican has a good chance of getting in there. Well, how can we help? How can we how can we help? I mean, I'm I know Melanie is just I mean, she's the new chair to the party there in, in Summit County. But she's got she's she's got some great candidates. I know that um it's always just kind of been assumed that that is a Democrat county. And the problem is when it starts affecting people's paychecks and it has, their lives have been really altered the past four years. And again, if you don't go local, you have far more control over your own life, how you vote local than you'll ever have how you vote federally, even, even statewide, your local representation will decide for you what kind of life you live, where you live. And uh, I don't know, how do we get the word out to, well, what we'll do is we'll invite those council, um, Republican council people on our show. We'll also reach out to those who are running again, a free election to see what what they have to say about this, because this sounds like, and forgive me, but this sounds like Joe Biden run a campaign from his basement and just assuming he's got the win because the fix is in. If these guys don't have to answer for their decision or for their potential decision on this project, this throws red flags up to me. And they've got, well, they're going to have to, they, will have to they will have to answer because I've already started a campaign and I have plenty of support from the community that wants to vote them out if they vote for Dakota Pacific. But what do you think? Because it sounds like earlier, your council was against it. Now they're for it. What do you think's causing that change? What what new information do you think they've absorbed that has changed their mind on that? Do they have? Is it a further political aspirations? Is Maybe it, it's financial? It, could it be promises there, of financial gain? There could be promises of financial gain for the county. I for don't. The county. For their projects. We don't see any, I, I I don't see any evidence of money changing hands with the counselor, the counselors, although that hasn't stopped a lot of people of accusing them. Uh, but I know these people and I don't think they would take money. Uh, Chris Robinson is one of the counselors. He's the, look him up. He's the richest landowner in Utah. Chris Robinson actually is a developer out in our county. Well, he might be, but he lives here in Summit County. Interesting. He's a Summit County Councilor. I wow. don't know if he's the same person, but Chris Robinson's the biggest landowner, private landowner in the state. And he has land in Idaho, and I've heard Wyoming, but I know he has land in Idaho and lots of land. He's a developer. He's been friends with the CEO, John Miller, of Dakota Pacific for over 30 years. They almost went into a deal a number of years ago to buy a ranch together. So these guys are wow. Friends. This feels like a conflict of interest. It is. 
he should recuse himself in any dealings with with this with this agency with Dakota Pacific. You know what? I you know I know Chris Robertson because, and I actually had some sympathy for him because I've seen him sit at our county council, and try to do right by the county, try to add the green space that's been asked for these developments, try to, he's done traffic studies. He's tried to, and tried. I, I've i watched him and it's just not one meeting. It's years of meetings in front of our council or our commission prior. I understand developers have a tough road to hoe to try to make a plan that makes sense and they try to do it. And Chris has been great as far as trying to make something make sense. It's slow. It's, it's growth over time, appeasing, appeasing for our green space expectation. But there is a, a conflict of interest that just spits out at me when you say they've been friends for 30 years and a sudden change of mind. And then, and I'm with you. I don't ever assume that these these councilmen are getting money in their pockets. I've seen that accusation thrown out at our county council, at our commissioners, and that's just that's just not how it works. However, I do see sometimes the pot gets sweetened because, hey, we're going to put money towards this other project that's going nowhere yeah. that your county can't afford. We'll buy that. We'll take care of it. Now, from an elected's perspective, they're thinking in terms of the county, oh, this would help us in the long run. But what they're forgetting is this huge upset that it's going to cause this project that that has been robbed of the voters of, of Summit counties to make this decision. And the voters of Summit County should matter more than the future potential of what projects could be there. I'm looking back at 2002, and yes, I, I lived in downtown Salt Lake for the Olympics and traveled up to Park City for the Olympics. And what we had millions of people in this state for the Olympics. If we get the Olympics again, now I'm picturing the most beautiful part of driving to Park City. It's one of the most beautiful highways and it's Harley, scary. Harley's is a little terrifying because there's already yeah. a lot of traffic there, yeah. but they're going to be ripping apart some of the most beautiful parts of that drive heading into what probably got us the Olympics in the first place is how gorgeous this state is and our ability to, to really accommodate for outdoor sports and outdoor events, winter or summer, especially park city and winter. Um, this feels like it's, 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 it's going to hurt the very thing that makes us so special. Well, yes, it will. And, you asked earlier about the legislators. Well, um, our legislators are Kira Birkeland and Mike Kohler. And I've talked to Mike a number of times about this. You know, he's one guy. And uh, the Dakota Pacific has all these friends, developers. They have a they have a one of the best lobbyists in the uh, in the state. I understand. Summit County also has a lobbyist, by the way, and so does the Park City Council has their own lobbyists. And but, we do in Tulare County as well. Yeah, but still, uh, Kara, what is Kara's Berkland's idea? Because I mean, she's one person, but I've seen her her basically move mountains during legislative session with well, with some incredible yeah, bills. She, unfortunately. Both Mike Kohler and Kira Berkland voted for Senate Bill 84 last year, and both of them apologized to the community. They both had what I'll say are totally lame excuses 
the, one of them said that it was a fat finger mistake. The other one said they were distracted and stuff was put into the bill at the last minute and they didn't have a chance to read it. And But they voted yes. They, they voted yes. They admitted to voting yes on a bill they didn't read. They said they made mistakes. I've talked to them personally. So they apologized for that, but it wouldn't have made any difference because the vote was so overwhelming. But it was a symbolic vote. It would have meant a difference to you. Understand our problem and they're voting against this bill, but they didn't. And I've I've even gone and talked to John Curtis. Um, I called John Curtis up. Uh, and tried to get him involved at a federal level. I, I said, you know, uh, Governor Cox, could you go talk to him? And he saw off and he said, this is a state and local issue. You know, I'm, I was sent to Congress. I got enough to worry about. And he didn't really want to get involved in this issue. But I talked to him and I've talked to, to Casey Snyder and Mike Kohler. Uh, so, you know, I've been very active in communicating with all the decision makers. I've even tried to talk to Dakota Pacific, but they won't talk to me or any of the opposition here in Park City. They call us, they have a name for us. The mob, they call us the mobocracy. Mobocracy. Yeah. Well, because you're you're actually standing up and, and calling you're, them out. You're, you're showing so much uh, political control over this whole situation. <laughs> because we're bringing out a thousand people with a single point of view, a voice, because it, it's not like we did anything to convince all these people. All we did is just present the proposal to them. This is what they want to build. This is the projected impact on Kimball Junction. And just well, like you both have done, the citizens of Summit County saw this as an obvious issue that has no solution other than to go tell Dakota Pacific to pound salt and you can't build your project. And if you want to sue, go ahead. We'll return to the lawsuit that we already won that's paused and they can take it to the Supreme Court the Utah State Supreme Court. And that's what the that's what the community wants. We want the county to continue the lawsuit that they've already won on. And we can, what, that we can tell them no. The, what options do you guys have left? Uh, is there still a chance to get the county council to back off of this, maybe to get the state legislature to back down? Yeah, if they said they made a mistake, well, how is Kira and Mike going to fix it? It's a well, new legislative session. Okay. It's a really complex issue. Cura, uh, there's this HTRZ, which is this glorified bus stop. There's a way to make money off of that. Uh, and the state pays for an HTRZ. Uh, and the HTRZ is required. Uh, you have to have an HTRZ as part of the state, uh, state mandate. And right. so uh, Cura Berkeley this legislative session has been trying to get that particular uh, aspect repealed. And if it were repealed, then Dakota Pacific would have no legal argument to proceed. Uh, that one detail could upset the whole apple cart. Yes, but we don't even think it's going to get out of committee. And this is per 
Mike Kohler, who I had a conversation with last week, I've been talking to him in the last two weeks, trying to figure out what did who and what has been promised to the county council from the legislature. There was a rumor, and I'm going to make sure that you understand that it was a rumor for a while that the state was going to pay for the whole traffic fix if the county were able to approve this. Well, that turns out not to be true. You know the state can't do that because UDOT has their list. They can't. There's not even a plan. There's nothing to pay for. There's no plan right now. So it's not on the STIP list. We don't know what the plan's going to be. There's no good plan um, to accommodate Dakota Pacific. And unfortunately, I call it a, there is a development tsunami that's building offshore. There is the Miller project. It's called uh, Cedar Hills out in Hoytsville. Uh, they're going to be building thousands of houses out there. And I've heard that it could be as much as 20,000 new people. Uh, they're building- Where is Hoytsville? Hoytsville is east on I-80 on I and it is- By Colville? How many, how many new people in Hoytsville? Because Hoytsville is very small. No, oh, this is- make it big. The Miller family, the Miller family, they- uh, bought parcels from 30 people in Hoytsville, uh, contiguous pieces, and they want to build this massive uh, project. Then, where are all the people going to work, or, or are they just trying to draw in the wealthy that you know that's what exactly. they're doing? Park okay. City, Park City is fueling all the development out in the Jordanelle in Camas. Uh, Heber is exploding because Park City is too expensive. So people that want to have access to Park City are now willing to use a small commute to get to, they don't, they say, well, I can't afford a house in Park City, so I'm going to live in Heber or Camas. So then all these construction companies are building homes for them. And so Mm. that. Uh, there's another project which you may or may not hear, have heard of. It's called West Hills. There's a project um, over uh, 248 that goes up over the pass there into um, into Camas. Uh, it's called West Hills, and they want to build a whole new incorporated city there. And they're talking to the state legislature about that. So there's so all these people. This is something that I know. Um, my brother works in Summit County as a deputy. And he he commutes like most deputies do. Or the deputies there, they commute, but they live outside Colesville, um, Heber, wherever, uh, Hennifer. So... What I noticed once is the, the apartment complex over by the all the outlet stores and stuff are loaded with the folks who are doing work in Park City. So Liberty, you, that's yeah, a, you really that's a low you, income affordable housing unit. Yes, and uh, why I know about it, and this is just because I rode on patrol with the deputy. And that's where we ended up a few times during police calls. Now, every time there's a development put in place like this, 
you either have to have some sort of low income housing to have people on site or close that is actually doing the work to build these, mm. or these people are commuting from outside causing all that traffic. And yes, they go home at the end of the day too, but they're also driving down that Canyon. They're, they're driving into these small areas and low income housing really freaks people out in all sorts of communities because they are required by law once you hit a density of a certain populace. And then they also require you need law enforcement because there is higher crime in those areas and the low-income housing. And people say, no, there's not. You're just judging. No, How I'm not. How could you it say that? It doesn't that matter. That is not true at all. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's it is true. And they get the the they're the squeakiest wheel in a community, usually. But how are they going to do all these developments without putting in more low-income housing is what I'm getting at. Because these people have to be, the developers, they make these plans, but the actual, you know, framers and road workers and, you know, every person that works on the construction site, they got to live somewhere. And uh, a lot of them can't afford to live in Park City. They're, they're going to be imagine. commuting. They'll they're be commuting. Be commuting. And that adds to the traffic. It's like, uh, you know, that there's over 10,000 homes in Park City, and there's only about 6,500 residents. And the reason for that is, is that the really affluent people that fly their jets into uh, Heber, uh, they come up to a $15 million house up here in the colony and spend two weeks here. Right. In the meantime, the house is vacant for the rest right. of the year. Uh, but they're building more ten and fifteen million dollar houses in Promontory, in White Pine, and it forces, you know, people, even affluent people, can't afford to live here anymore. You know, you're you're lucky if you. I was lucky at thirteen years ago. I uh, bought a house here. I'd never be able to afford my house today. I can tell you that. Uh, but I bought a house and, but most people are going to have to, the workers are going to have to uh, commute, the seasonal workers. But I do think that it's in the best interest of the municipalities and the counties to provide some kind of affordable housing for what I call essential workers. Exactly. Those are the teachers, the medical the police, the firemen, but yeah, I don't based think on what those folks make their median income, not based on <laughs> they don't make much, right? And based on what what you know the median income in Park City resident versus the essential workers, you're absolutely right. Why would you not want your deputies, for example, to have homes in the very areas that they patrol because? It makes for safer, better oriented, police oriented in the communities are safer. It just makes sense. You don't have your police cars <laughs> traveling out of the county. That's expensive. You don't have these commuters. You've got immediate calls that, you know, officers can get there. Deputies can get there twice as quickly when they live within 10 minutes. I, I don't blame Dakota Pacific because when they heard low income housing and the median no, income, affordable housing, whatever they call it, and the median income is 150K, they saw 
they saw dollar bills. And that's rentals. They're not even, that's just constantly. <laughs> they were like, oh, in. this is marvelous. This is all yeah. astounding. It, it, we're going to put they've been, <laughs> Go on. They've been fighting for this. By the way, they bought the land for $20 million from Boyer Corporation. They bought it for $20 million, and there's estimates that this will be a three-quarter billion dollar project by the time it's finished. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, wow. I mean, you can see why they're fighting so hard for this. Oh, yeah. They bought the land for nothing. And uh, $20, $20 million for 60 acres in the middle of Kimball Junction? That's insane. <laughs> But that's, that's and then they get to charge millions because that's the market rate, and yet they got it. Who sold it to them for that cheap? They're going to they sell ten condos for two million dollars each out of the five hundred, <laughs> and they'll get the return on their investment right there. So, whose property was it? I know the county had some of it, but who sold it to them initially for that cheap? Uh, it was uh, well. It, the truth is that land was owned by an old timer uh, in Park City, and he was uh, he was with the church. And the story is, is he got into financial trouble, and he had to donate that land to the church for his tithing requirement. So the church owned that land, and then Boyer Corporation is an investment arm of the church. So, uh, yeah, in the final deal in 2008, the county bought back some of the property, but um, Boyer owned that land, and then uh, they they couldn't bring a high-tech business here because they didn't try very hard. They didn't understand the high-tech business. I do. I came from Silicon Valley. I worked in Silicon Valley for 30 years, and I can tell you uh, that uh, this would make an ideal place for some corporate headquarters. Um, oh, yeah. And uh, who who wouldn't love to live in or in close proximity to Park City? And certainly Look at Lehigh's boom. Could live here. <laughs> Silicon Slopes has exploded over the past 20 years, and That's Lehigh true. is grown i mean they're busting at the seams can you yes. imagine how beautiful and how i could see a place like apple google wanting to put a headquarters in a place like park city that's like getting a headquarters right in aspen colorado i know let me tell you a let me tell you another tidbit here i have a source for this too a very reputable high tech source a guy that lives in park city now his wife knows people at Microsoft and he called them up and Microsoft said that they'd be willing to talk to Dakota Pacific about a tech park. And guess what? Dakota Pacific said, no, we're not mm. interested in the tech park. We want to build residents. What does that tell you about the return on residents? Yeah, that they know their residents. And I just want to say, and I'm not trying to bomb on the church, but any church that is willing to take property from people for tithing needs to have a, they need to sit down and have a chat with Jesus. I just want to say that. That's fair. That's fair. I'm actually, that actually that is, stunned me. That, I, I'll pick my job off the floor next week sometime. 
but that is shocking. That stuns me because I, I think that, and then to turn around and sell it for pennies on the dollar. And I'm not trying worse. to bomb the church on this whole deal coming together. Well, now, the church is a business. I mean, you're the second largest corporation, I think, in the if world. If you're going right now. to, if you're going to take property from someone so that individual can make their way to heaven, that's I think right. You missed, you missed the mark on what your job is. I uh, totally agree I'm, with that. Wow, Gary, I. There's a lot of information to digest here. So I would like to know where, you know, if you by chance have, if you could put in the, or share with us anywhere that you've written or published or where we could actually see some of your, your articles regarding this, just to give people heads up on everything. Okay. Well, I have written numerous letters and editorials to the park record. That's the name of your local... Uh, yeah, the pork record paper. is our local paper. Uh, so I there was one published about 10 days ago was my latest one. So I've done a number of letters there. And by the way, we had a letter writing campaign to uh, the council. 800 letters were delivered. 800. 800 letters. And, and guess what the legal department told them? You don't, you don't get to read those letters. And That's so we said, ridiculous. We said, so I happened to be at the meeting uh, because I attend all these council meetings. I happen to be at the meeting and uh, the uh, actually the council was asking uh, Margaret Olson, uh, Margaret, do we have to read all these 800 letters? And Margaret said, well, no, you don't, because, um, you know, that is that that has information in it that hasn't been disclosed to the applicant hasn't been disclosed to Dakota Pacific. So I got up and I I said, here's the argument I made. I said, number one, uh, the community has every right to communicate with the council members that they elected. Number two, give the letters to Dakota Pacific. We'd be happy if they had copies. And so they, she said, what could she say? Her whole argument was is that the applicant wouldn't be seeing this. Oh, did you? Uh, did somebody just? Did you see this? We just. Um, Jared just found your your recent one. We're gonna try to copy the link and share yeah, it in the we'll, show notes we'll or share in the, the uh, comments, maybe. The the best that way to find it is oh, that's if a, you, yes. If you that's search, yeah. If you search the park record newspaper gary peacock it pulls up and you can go through and read about read all the articles and all the articles written that include your name in them that's right and that and i also have had interviews with the salt lake tribune so you can go uh do you guys know john gurkey down there at the i i don't well if you look his name up you can find some research where i've been quoted in that paper a number of times. So, uh, and then my main uh, platform is next door. So I have access to most of the community and I write uh, columns um, quite often. Whenever there's a meeting, I'll write something and I get a huge response from the community. Um, the last thing that we did is uh, the park record did a survey a survey to see really how much of the community is really against this. 
90% said they were opposed to the Pacific. 90%. If we are a representative republic, and we are, because that's the Constitution and that's what it says, these elected should absolutely be putting public comment in so they can hear from the people they are accountable to. They're this going to do that. That we are, that you guys are all being ignored. We are being this ignored because they believe that they're what they call statesmen. And a statesman is elected by their constituents to exercise their best judgment. And last week, uh, Roger Armstrong, who's a entertainment attorney in Southern California, that's his normal job. Um, he's been on the council for eight years. He's trying to run again. He basically said that we're never going to make all the people happy and there's going to be people that are against it and for it. And so five people here have to decide. And yeah, there's a difference between not making all of the people happy and making all of the people unhappy. It's that's true. exactly that's a, I like that. I'm going to use that. That's good. So true. Um, but that is the case. And the, I had another counselor that told me there's 42,000 people in Summit County, okay? So I was having a discussion with Melina Stevens, uh, who is now the chairman of the Summit County Counselor, who is not running for re-election. She voted uh, five years ago for Dakota Pacific in the Planning Commission. The Planning Commission voted four to two against Dakota Pacific. But... The council then took it up, uh, and we've been dealing with that for the last four years. But eventually, Melena got um, she got elected, um, and uh, she told me that she is a statesman and that she has the right to make an independent decision. And well, and, she, and, and she, she said. She said that a thousand people at a public comment meeting wasn't all, all of Summit County. It's like, what? Nobody could ever remember any, anything close to this. This is the number one issue in Summit County. Talk to anybody in Summit County that knows a damn thing about the community here, and they'll know about Dakota Pacific. And well, just search it. I can tell you just from this morning, searching Dakota Pacific, and it is on your uh, news search, it occupies all of that. On your uh, image search, it occupies all that. I mean, it tells you something that stopping Dakota Pacific's maneuvers in Park City is a pretty, it, I mean, it's, it's the dominant search across the well, internet right now. It's the dominant population. Can I just say this? A thousand people. Out of 20, how many did you say live in your city, in your county? 42,000. 42,000. A thousand people out of 42,000 is a pretty good measure of an at least at least a percentage of what people think. And you're saying 95% of those people are in disagreement with this. How else do electeds measure what the public wants? Which, I'm sorry, this woman doesn't understand what a republic is. You're representing other people. You are not given this elected office for you to be an activist. Your job is to represent the people who elected you. 
and do it in the, of course, no one knows what they don't know. And they learn all the, all the, both sides of every argument when they become that elected person. So they know what the county can do and can't do. And even if people don't like it or not, but when you have a thousand people responding to something like this in mass, that's a mass. Cause how many of those people actually vote? A lot of people out of 42,000 don't even vote. No, but there's something only like about this will the polls. You can get elected with 6,000 votes to one of those positions. Exactly. The county, the county uh, is a huge county and it's mostly rural. But we the people the that live in Park City and Kimball Junction and the neighborhoods here, this is where the density is. But most of the population is rural. Right. You know? And here's the thing. We, we get it because we're the second largest county in the state. And our condensed, our condensed is in Tooele City. And I think we're at 76,000. But we actually... When you get a thousand people, that's just an astronomical number, especially when six thousand people probably vote out of, out of all those people. Twila County Commission meetings never get a thousand people, and all of the population of the county lives in Twila. The closest we ever got was when the mask mandate was happening, and we filled the council, we filled the room with people. Um, that were all absolutely against any mask mandates and getting schools open and, and all of that. That moved people that were both Democrat and Republican. And it was it wasn't about party. This was about an issue and one issue. I don't love one issue voters, but I get it because when you have elected ignoring you blatantly, not willing to read your letters they're not doing their job. I don't care what party they're in. They at least yeah, got to hear from the people who put them there. You know, the reason why they didn't want to read them is because, and I talked to Roger Armstrong about this. He said, well, every letter was the same. They're against it. Next, next letter, against it. Next letter, against it. So they don't right. want to have to read 800 letters because probably uh, – 780 of those letters were against it. And people people wrote, uh, I was amazed. I saw some of the letters and uh, they were intelligent and thoughtful and um, very rational, but also very passionate against this project. And this is the, this is the mystery. And the, the last thing I wrote on, uh, you should get a copy of this from um, next door, but I wrote a piece which I referred to, I call it uh, the theater of the absurd. Um, you should read this because uh, basically I'm coming pretty, it's the hardest piece I've written against the council uh, because we're getting, we're getting down to the last few weeks of this thing. And literally, uh, if you can imagine this scenario, you're Dakota Pacific. You're asking for an amendment. Shouldn't you be in front of the council trying to persuade them? What is What project would you approve? Tell me what project you would approve. Right. That's not the case. They have, uh, they had the same plan since over a year ago, same plan, not reducing it by any units. Instead, it's the council. No, the compromise comes from the council side. 
The council is desperately begging them to please remove units. So, and essentially what goes unsaid is that we can approve this. And I want to know, sorry, Gary, I want to know why, why this company hasn't reached out to the public. If I was them, that's where I would spend my time and money is to convince the public why it's a good idea. What can they do to convince the public? The fact that they don't have to is very disturbing to me. Well, I've noticed with developers normally when they do a runaround on the public and they get a legislature or a lawmaker in their pocket, they never respond to the public. We saw a lot of that out here when it came to the temple. Well, they used they used our county council or our over our county commissioners at the time to be the voice of that operation and the church just went hands off. That's well, true. Well, the church had they have in that in Heber, they have such strong support in the community, although Heber's growing and less and less people are going to be members of the church. In fact, you may know you may know the statistic, but for the first time this year, uh, the LDS is no longer the majority in the in the state of Utah. You went down to yes, it is. That's the, that is the first time, and what, I'm not what's saying the it's the majority a, in the Utah now. It's diverse. It, the, the church like non-denominational no the church if you line it up different churches they're still the majority okay but the church dropped under 50 percent of the population and i'm not saying it's a good thing or a bad thing because the church does a lot of awesome things for yeah, the agree. state and the community but i think the church doesn't stay a in couple lane. of a couple of times have played fast and loose they um, have and I, i'm not saying all the time and i think that's left an impact but utah is growing because california is emptying and that's just a fact utah is going to grow and as it grows the church is going to drop off of importance it's just going to happen because let's face it you come from california not a high lds population in california there is no. a number of them, but it's not a dominant population. And people are coming from California. Even though we think the prices in the Salt Lake Valley are high, they're nothing compared to California. No. no. I do work for a guy that come from California, and he says, you wouldn't believe, just from selling his house there, a middle-income house, he says, you wouldn't believe what I, I was able to get. He and how came much from, you can buy, you know, when you come to Utah, but Utah has gone up to one of the most expensive places to live he now He bought in the essentially what was a city a hundred years ago. He bought, it, it. he didn't buy it, but if it was adjacent, he bought all of Lincoln, the city here in Twila County. Hmm. He bought everything. With what he sold his house with for? With what he sold, one normal sized house. And, and so he's doing good. I'm happy for him. Um, I'm glad he he's brought his whole family with him. I mean, he's he's building new roots because California run him off with their crazy regulations, their anti-family stuff. Yeah, very taxes. Yeah, the big thing for him, I think, was the anti-family stuff because he's a devout family man, everything else, and uh, and that run him off. He couldn't. He couldn't bear sending his kids to public school there anymore 
and well, that's taking the, the jeopardy. Principles is the state owns your child. You don't. Yeah, you know. Uh, I would argue that's also the Democrat principles. You know. You said it. I didn't. <laughs> well, no, it is. It is. It's. That's you know. Well, I'm, I really would urge people if you if you are from Summit County uh, to call in. We're at three eight five eight nine nine two one three four. Gary, I don't know, but do you want to do you want us to leave your information, contact information, where people from your yeah. area can get in touch with yeah. you? Because I'll put that yes, in the comments. What? Uh, let me see. Email address. Yeah, we'll put your email address in our show notes, and then they can email you. So, so yeah. Gary Peacock. But, but, um, I have to say that many, many people know me now. I'm, uh, I'm well known for just for this, you know, opposition for this project. And uh, so, anybody that's read anything about Dakota Pacific has run across my name. Um, and uh, so, but. Yes, I'm I'm very passionate, but there's hundreds of us, thousands of us that are passionate and they're going to show up at the next public comment meeting, I guarantee you. And we're going to blow out the council's ears with opposition. We don't know if it'll be enough, however. So because they think they know best. Let me ask you this. So yeah. you you told me that if you can get the council to jump on board and fighting this the council can go back to that lawsuit that they already have in place that they've already won, reopen that and shut this down. And hopefully, well, I, I mean, wouldn't they have to actually kill the lawsuit and win before the council can revisit the lawsuit? I mean, they've already got the, no, no, the lawsuit, the lawsuit's active. It's just paused and both sides in order to pause a lawsuit, both sides have to pause it. So what it means is, is that neither side is uh, going to, they're not going to do anything to further their position and uh, they're not going to appeal it, right? Uh, but uh, Dakota Pacific lost already. SB 84 was declared invalid, doesn't apply to Summit County. And so their path was to... Uh, the appellate courts, and eventually to the Utah Supreme Court. Our lawyers are very confident that they can beat them legally. But, you know, as I said, uh, there's it's a complex issue because people believe something's going to get built on there. And there's also a fear that the legislature can devise language that will pass the courts, and then yeah. they can build whatever they want. Mm. Hey Gary, what? When is the next issue on the next meeting on this issue? Is it where I know next the Thursday. public can't comment, but that would be next Thursday, Thursday, February twenty second, right? What time and where's it at? Yeah, where is it going to be? Oh, he might have froze up again. Uh, no, he's just oh, reading. Now, I'll look at the agenda for you. But, um, basically, you have two. Uh, you can you can view it on Zoom. If you go to the county Summit County website, it says Dakota Pacific. You click that; it'll give you a Zoom link, and then you can watch the whole thing on Zoom. 
and then it's recorded and you can watch it later on Facebook or you can show up at the Richens building, which is the county chambers in Kimball Junction. Uh, at the county chambers. You can watch it in person. So I think- In Kimball Junction. Know. Sorry, Gary, I'm trying to write this as you talk. So it's the 22nd at the county chambers in Kimball Junction. Is that what you said? In Rich, the Richens building. Yeah, the Richens building, which is the seat of the council. Richens is and, spelled R-I-C-C-H. R-I-C-H-I-N-S. Richens. R-I-C-H-I-N-S. Okay, the next meeting is on February 22nd from 3 to 4.30 at the Sheldon Richens building. That's on the, uh, that's the agenda is on the Summit County website right now. From 3 so there's no to agenda. 5.30, you said? 3 to 4.30, one and, they allot one and a half hours and they don't even have a topic because the topic is uh, Dakota Pacific, when are you going to uh, reduce the, the count? And so they keep asking the same questions every meeting. And the well, uh, meeting, Dakota Pacific says, we're not because it doesn't pencil out. Well, and how convenient they have it at a time when people are at work. Yes. <laughs> It's not going to get a lot of attention. They should. This should be an evening meeting that that people can actually participate or at least be able to go to. And this is Summit County's website that's going to have the Zoom. Yeah, they can the watch Zoom the replay. Option. Yeah, I mean, if they're going to do that, they may as well have the meeting in St. George or you know somewhere. Warm. Yeah, I mean, you can watch it if you're in the evening or on a weekend. You can watch all these meetings. Uh, if, you're, if you're interested, you can look at some of these meetings and you'll see the absolute desperation, the absolute desperation of the council trying to get them to move. And then yeah. to. You know, Gary, if you look on screen right now, um, Dwayne, our call screener, has the Summit County website pulled up. And it is crazy when you look at it. Dakota Pacific has its own set of meetings. That tells you this is a pretty big issue. But yeah, it's it looks the biggest like biggest issue in the history of Summit County, I can tell you that there's it's taken over 4 years and there's never been a vote on this project, not even once. You know, I wonder what kind of impact and I'm talking to you candidates out there. John Curtis is running for Senate. Brad yes. Wilson is running for Senate. Yes. Carolyn Fippen, Trent Staggs. What kind of impact could these candidates have by showing up at a meeting like this for the people? I would love to see this. I mean, Blake, isn't Blake Moore your, your yeah. congressman? Yeah. Blake yeah. Moore, where are you? Get out there to this meeting and just be a representative of the people that, that elect you. And at Kira Brooklyn, these are the meetings they should be attending where they're actually seeing what's going on, being present, but hearing from the people behind them who don't get to have any public comment during these meetings, listening to their public, because that's your job. 
Boy, then you might have a statesman fight. Statesman, statesman versus statesman. You know, you're getting you're getting name recognition probably all over the county for your for your um the information you're providing to people and your engagement on this issue and your passion on this issue. Do you know how many people sit in a county on a computer, read something like this, they do nothing but complain. They'll post all the articles about it. They'll sit there and complain and complain about the government's doing this and they're doing this. You're actually getting out there hosting meetings of the people, listening to the people, writing letters, writing op-eds, showing up on our show, talking to both sides, not just Republican, Democrat, like you're doing the work. Why haven't you considered running for a seat on that council? I think it's the worst job that anybody can have. <laughs> there we go. They, they pay $40,000 a year, something That's like that. That's double what they pay here. And uh, it's a full-time job. And you got... Uh, lunatics, crazy people, uh, cranky people, and who have a lot of interested parties. But in general, when you don't have an issue like this, very few people pay attention to the council. You know, they're doing all kinds of stuff. People have no idea of what they're doing. Um, that is true. I do, because I, in the last three years, I've educated myself. I've gone to these meetings. I've met all these people. And now I'm going to other meetings. I went to the truth and taxation meetings. They, My property taxes went up 50%. Uh, uh, how, what a coincidence during this whole <laughs> development talk that your taxes well, are already going up. That's because they have six assessors for 42000 people, or I don't know how many residences there are, but they can't assess them. And there was a guy there that came that did all the analysis. And he said, Walmart and McDonald's in Kimball Junction, their property taxes went down the same year that many of us, our property taxes went up. Some people, oh, some yeah. people's taxes went up a hundred percent. Mine just went up 50%. I didn't just plan 50. And your assessor's well, elected. Well, you got to remember, McDonald's and Walmart are struggling companies. They oh, yeah. really need our I know. support. And <laughs> that blows my Look, mind because those just, businesses are what's supposed to alleviate your taxes. I just love, I love this. In the land of the free, I, we fought a war against a king for 3%. Well, you know that... Uh, the CEOs of those companies, they have to maintain their 10 houses and their Seriously. private jets. They got I'll a bet lot of expenses. I'll, be, I'll bet each one of them has a two-week-a-year vacation home on the top of the highest hill there in Park City. In Park City, right. <laughs> we got another but, guy here, Matthew Prince. Do you know about him? Uh, He's no. He's the richest man in Utah now. He is the president and founder of Cloudflare. Cloudflare's a security company. Uh, this guy came into Park City, claims that he's a Utah resident and so forth, but he came into Park City and wanted to build this monstrous house above Old Town. And he uh, decided that he didn't want to go through the planning commission in Park City. <coughs> so he went down to the legislature. This is last year. He went down <laughs> to the legislature. And he got a legislator to put a rider in a bill to <laughs> bypass 
the council. Okay, so the council <laughs> this it. is corrupt as hell. Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, you wait till I finish the story. So the council found out about it. Nan Morell, she's the mayor. A bunch of council, Ryan Dickey, they went down to meet with Brad Wilson, and they got it taken out. There was tremendous criticism of this move that this uh, he's worth three and a half billion dollars. So there was all this criticism in our local paper, our only like local paper is the park record. What did he do? He bought the park record. <laughs> well, that's what you do when you want to control the, the narrative. Right out of the Bezos playbook. Yeah, I know. He bought the park record and the editor lives in one of his properties. Well, I mean, <laughs> this is a Soros playbook. These are these oh. are facts. I'm sorry, but these this stuff's happening in a little town like Park City. Can you imagine all the stories that we have never heard of because they managed to keep them secret somehow? You know the whole. I think Dwayne made a point. That's why we're here. That the whole the whole reason that the media group and KMMU um, that their whole goal with us coming on as our whole goal when we started was we want to educate people with truth. That's it. And if we don't have the well, truth, Holly does. I'm here for the comedy. He's here for the fun. But <laughs> if if I can't get to the truth or I don't know it, then I'm going to find people who can share it with me and. I don't want to be, I don't want to be uh, censored or worry about people. I mean, after COVID, you couldn't even suggest the jab was dangerous, let alone that you had a freedom to decide whether to take it or not. So KMMU and the mainstream media, they were so ready for truth that they wanted people that are just willing to expose it. Whether we like the answer or not, we would much rather know what's going on to give people the opportunity to not only have, I don't know, some skin in the game or the knowledge instead of gleeful, gleeful, you know, ignorance, but to make an educated voter. Because what's happening is, you know, these issues are getting missed because people are so sick and tired of being fed propaganda. They're turning off news channels that used to be respected because there's no truth anymore. It's lost and there's an agenda behind everything. And I'll tell you, there's no agenda where we're concerned. In fact, we'll go off the rails more times than I can even count, but we are not, we are not trying to push a certain agenda. We're trying to understand the truth. I hope that you to be truthful and credible. I have no dog in the fight here. I'm not going to make any money off of this any which way. And I'm just trying to do something for my community. And it's just, that's the only motive. And uh, the deeper I've gotten into this, the, the uh, more disturbed I become at uh, uncovering all this corruption in the state legislature and watching the park record get bought by a billionaire they tried to circumvent our planning commission. This stuff happens. It's unbelievable. But I do not believe that the, the council is, uh, you know, taking gold bars. I don't think there's any serial number gold bars over at uh, Roger's house, to tell you the there's truth. There's not a Menendez closet no. full of gold and no. fancy cars that his wife procured. No. It, no, it's it's... 
There doesn't have to be, though. There doesn't even have to be. I would like to see the county at least try to come to a happy medium saying, look, commercial real estate is going to alleviate. Well, okay, theoretically should alleviate taxes on the populace, should bring more more, uh, dynamic opportunities to the town, to the county, all that, whatever. Um, So if they could even get Dakota Pacific to – do a half and half deal or something. That's still no, they a win. They don't have to negotiate because they think they've already won. But these guys, and honestly, um, why wouldn't they think that when they've right. got when they've got the state legislatures in their house? The state legislatures are putting earmarks in bills to give them. You know, they've got a bill over here about how the depth of the concrete of sidewalks should be, and down in the bottom they write in oh and. We want to do this on the side. That's craziness. That's that's a let them eat cake moment. Yeah. Oh, so I'm going to read some comments really fast from Dwayne, our call screener and um, producer for today and every day. We appreciate him. He says these issues are in every county, and I think that's how I kind of started the show. Is this this isn't just about Summit County, folks? This can happen to every single county in this every country. Every county, every state, every. And there's a reason why why there's there's a reason why you need to have local control because when they can go behind you and get into the state legislature and he says the county council is being intimidated and bullied and that's probably huge and he says God bless you Gary we need more citizens like you mm-hmm. thank um, you and I think this is this is where I have a hard more time I know my I know my county or my state legislatures. The I know them. I would be so angry if I discovered one of them voted because their finger was too fat and the other one voted <laughs> because she didn't get a chance to read the bill and it wouldn't have mattered anyway because it was going the majority. How crazy. I don't care. You stand up for your people. How crazy is that? You, you We sent you there with one job. One right. job. You had and one you only job have, to do and you failed. You have, you have two buttons. Are they too close together? Do we need to build you a disabled button clicker box? You have two ears and one mouth for a reason, as Judge Judy says. So and, you can and listen and, to push no. Right? Yeah. Why aren't they standing up and saying, listen, the people of my county are overwhelmingly against this? <laughs> How is this even a thing? Well, you know, uh, I've also been tracking the state legislature because we were tracking these bills. You know that there's over 550 bills that are passed in the state legislature. How could anybody read? And these bills are hundreds of pages long. How can anybody, any legislator, seriously read all this stuff and vote intelligently on it. It all comes down to the leadership. The leadership, um, they're lobbied by various people, the, uh, the generator of the bill. And if it sounds good, oh, affordable housing. Yeah, we want to vote yeah. for affordable housing. And that's, that's what happened here is a it's, bunch it's of a buzzword for affordable housing. It's not true. Yeah, it's a, it's a buzzword. It's just a buzzword. If they throw that on anything, if, if if I put a bill forward right now that said, you know, 
every fifth male under the age of 14 will castrate and every female has to have half their head shaved and affordable housing at the bottom, this yeah. state would look really different come next I week. I know. I know. We'd, we'd have a lot of bald people and not so many children. <laughs> that is right. That is, is right. That, this is because upsetting. that is the buzzword that everyone's screaming for because housing is a legitimate it problem. It is a really big problem. But the housing problem hits a lot higher than just saying affordable housing. The housing problem hits on we're overregulated on how we build how and where we build housing. We have a problem with water across the across the state and I would argue, you know, the the maybe we need to look at how does Arizona do it because Arizona has a lot less water than we do and they seem to still keep up they get a lot from us mm. but well you know we get, uh, I, I, let me make a comment about that interesting little fact for you here the uh, water in arizona and utah and california and nevada and colorado comes from the colorado river a lot yep. of it does. and there's a five-state pack and four of those states uh, agreed to enter into voluntary allotment the fifth mm -hmm. state didn't which was California. That California, is right. We've got huge, we supply 25% of the country's food uh, comes out of the Central Valley, out of the San Joaquin Valley. And uh, so they said, we need uh, water for irrigation. Well, in Arizona, uh, down in the Phoenix area, they kept building developments in the desert. And some of those developments that got built in the last few years they don't have any water. They had to sue the state because they cut off their water. Can you imagine mm -hmm. if you spent, you know, down in Arizona, it probably cost four or five, six hundred thousand for a house, and you built it and it's a brand new development. All of a sudden they say, Oh, sorry, there's no water here uh, because we don't have any water. But they allowed them, the, the, the state legislature, somebody allowed them to build those, those uh, developments. Right. right. They're just irresponsible. Well, speaking and, about irresponsible, how many reservoirs has California built when they're in this record rainfall? Wait. Moment? How much water no. are they collecting and preserving when they use so much? Why are we seeing so little? Like California complains all the time they don't have enough water. And yet they, they don't. built a new reservoir in 25 or 30 years. Right. Not a, not a brand new one. And it's sad because they're watching all this rain just go right to waste. I, I mean, I don't believe, reservoirs, I believe God gives us what we need. And boy, did he ever last reservoirs year with the snow pollute. and water here in Utah. Reservoirs pollute. And, 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 and they, they don't look good on, on a mayor or governor's resume. Reservoirs we'll are enjoy those evil. Rolling brownouts and, and blackouts. Once all those EVs come into power, you know what? But EVs have zero pollution. We know this, right? No, right. there is no pollution involved with electric vehicles, and so they don't have to dig look, up whole countries and minerals hey, and destroy slave and labor. Other countries. Slave labor negates the bad actions. I don't want to see California or Utah become California. That's the last thing I want. And if I feel like we're seeing that in our legislatures now, like our legislators that are up there yeah. now, and they're, they're just falling into this, I'm I, this mindset. 
where they're statesmen versus <laughs> your elected representatives, which means you're my voice and my neighbors. And we chose you to express our wishes, knowing what you know and what your duties are and what's capable of your city or county. Yes, you've got to take that into account. And you represent me, the Republican, and my neighbor, the Democrat. And you've got to make decisions based on that. When you decide that my voice doesn't matter, you are no longer I don't you're no longer eligible to be unelected as far as I'm concerned. Well, remember North Korea is a democratic people's republic of. So that's true. Um well, I don't uh that it's good for California to be a one-party state any more than I think it's good for Utah to be a one-party state. You know, we have to have a representation from everybody. And when you have just a single voice, minorities get downtrodden, right? Uh, and that's why the taxes are so high in California, mm -hmm. right? The legislature has all these social programs. They actually entertained a uh, program in the state of California called Reparations. I mean, you know about that. Right? Oh, I just saw that, that was out of San Francisco. It was right. particularly San Francisco. Now they had to give up on it because they finally saw what the numbers would look like and San Francisco cannot afford it. But they were going to they were going to give every uh black person a million dollars in a home. <laughs> yeah. And they made it an they, option for businesses to contribute to their operations. <laughs> and how many businesses lined up to do that? <laughs> it's Zero. it's what were they thinking? Uh, or or here's another funny one. A couple weeks ago, Chicago City Council, right? Yes. Chicago's notoriously ran well, no crime, not a lot of blood in the streets every weekend. True, true. They decided to take their precious time to vote, uh, uh, to vote in Chicago City Council, to vote in a ceasefire between Israel and Palestine a God couple weeks them. ago. Now that worked well. I don't well, know right? if Chicago has a map or a globe. You could probably go into any elementary school and find a cartoon drawing of the earth and, and then find somebody who knows where places are and say, show me where I live in that point and show me where Israel is. And they'll point way over there. And they'll, oh, it's in Chicago. Did we not just waste a whole bunch of stupid time? Hey, did you just see the whole argument with the, the lady who's prosecuting Trump in Atlanta? Oh, she yeah. couldn't tell what continent she's been to in this question. That was humor on wheels. Oh, That's fanny. an elected person who is a law degree. So losing hope are unbelievable. It really uh, is. I so we're. I think that um, we're gonna let you get out of here. We've gotten two hours of your yeah. time. Tell us, tell us one last time about people if they want to. You know, if they can't make it to the meeting, I don't suppose they'll have it open for comments or call-ins no, during the meeting. No, but what can they yes, do they ahead will. of time? They will in the public comment meeting. There will be a public comment meeting where we're gonna bring out another thousand people. They can. Good. I want them, I would strongly encourage them to come to the meeting. Don't, don't do it on Zoom because right. take the day off. Feel you on Zoom. Okay, you're they talking about the February 22nd meeting. 
Is that right, Gary? Or is there a different meeting you're referring no, to? I've heard that February 22nd date a number of times. It's not true. Uh, there's no public comment meeting. On right. I'm just wondering when, when is the next public comment? We're looking at the website in, now. Uh, it's scheduled. It was supposed to be last night. That was February 15th was the date for the past five weeks until last week when they suspended that. They were supposed to vote on February 20th. The concessions from Dakota Pacific, they're extending these talks that have with any meaningful movement in Dakota Pacific or UDOT isn't moving up anything they're doing either. So uh, it's ridiculous. Now I've got all the Dakota Pacific meetings here and let's see. So if you no, would, um, on February you're on 22nd, Facebook, right? Yeah. Well, because if you're I'm on Facebook, yet, no. Gary, but, uh, February 22nd is just another meeting with Dakota Pacific and that is not public comment. Uh, public comment has not been scheduled. It was suspended last week. The okay. vote was suspended. And this is all ridiculous because no matter how many times they ask and cajole, Dakota Pacific has the legislature in their pocket. And they believe that they can get a piece of legislation that will defeat the court. And I think they can. I do think they can. Well, uh, what I'm asking is, um, would you please, maybe you were in a text thread with us. Would you text us when the next meeting does happen where the public yeah. can comment? We can help you get people there. We'll okay. advertise it on our end. And okay. then um, I'll let your, the Republican Party chair also let her folks know so that they can also go and support. Um, and I'm just hope I'm just hoping that people will be inclined to get to get there in person the bodies will maybe have an impact and if anything you know invite the tribune invite deseret news invite outside you know media yeah invite channel two channel four. Try to get the congressman there and the representatives uh mike kohler came to the last public comment meeting last year and that's where I gave him a tongue lashing about voting for SP. Yeah. Well, Gary, this is a great time. It's election year. And this is yeah. a great time. Get in touch with these Senate senatorial candidates, the gubernatorial candidates, gubernatorial. Get in touch with congressional candidates. Have them show up for the people. I mean, we, we have let's see who shows up. We have tried, we tried to get a meeting with Governor Cox, and uh, I actually had his. Uh, his assistant, and uh, we couldn't get a meeting, not even with members of the county council. He would not see us. Uh, Governor Cox did not see us, and he signed off that horrible law that now is invalid. Mm. But it's disgraceful. Well, I think that if there's, there's never been a better time than in an election year where you've got a little bit of leverage and you also get enough people engaged 
the people of Park City, a lot of those people are donors to a lot of these people's campaigns. And they should absolutely, if they're a donor to any campaign, those donors should get on the phone with these people and say, hey, show up to my city and come listen, come listen to the people here, regardless of their party membership. Yeah, I agree. Well, thank okay, you very well, much for having me. Thanks yeah. for coming on. Yeah, yeah thanks I, for the education. I this hope you're been... more up to speed and as outraged as the community is, and you can see why. There, there really isn't another side to this. They're putting in those units. There's no traffic solution. Uh, it's just greed. That's all we're witnessing is greed. Well, if there was another side to this, you would see this company out in front of the people defending their side. The fact that they don't have to speaks volumes mm -hmm. that they either think it's already in the bag or it is already in the bag and we're just in a waiting game now. And you've got electeds who are trying not to fall and be lose their seats as basically, you know, prisoners of, of this whole thing. They're just going to be collateral damage through all this and they're just not going to get involved or be boisterous because they're trying to alleviate some of the damage that's going to come from it. If you've got this many people upset, oh, I can't believe the county council members that are running for office again or trying to take the seat. Oh, they're afraid. Aren't absolutely upfront. No question that they're afraid. There's no question uh, that but they're they should afraid. be. And this is very public, and I'm not the only one saying vote them out. And uh, so. As it gets closer here, it so happens we're hoping that they, uh, we're hoping that we can get this done. But unfortunately, the Democratic caucus is on March 5th, and we might not have a vote by then. And so they'll have the cover of that. It's by design. I know. That's probably and why we delayed this thing. The Republican caucus is March 5th. Now, the Democrat caucus, usually they're just going to be voting for. They're doing actual, they're, they're, they're gonna, voting for their presidential nominee, as are we, but we will have our, our caucus, that link is up and ready to go at the Utah State Party, so people can pre-register for caucus if you're a Republican, but that shouldn't stop you. Run as a delegate. Run as a county delegate. delegate. I help get elected a person that's against Dakota Pacific and will definitely vote no. I helped him get elected. I gave him money. I campaigned for him, and he got elected. See, that's that's how it works. And hopefully, yep. he's going to represent your voice. He is, and everyone is. else's. So, um, with that, I just want to thank you again, Gary. This has been absolutely so informative. I appreciate your your engagement with the topic and with us, and getting your word out where you are. Please stay in touch with with us on that on yep. the text thread. Yep. If any Feel news comes contact up, me anytime, and I'll make sure you guys know when the uh, public comment meeting is and any other developments that come up. Please do. And then we let us help you as far as getting the word out in your county for the folks we know there. I love, I love Summit County. It's just, I'd love to see some red specks in there uh, for the Republican side, just because you're right. It, it is all blue. It'd be nice to have a couple different ideals coming well, to the table. And I for think that's starters, a good chance. if Roger Armstrong votes, uh, there's a strong Republican candidate. I've talked to him already. 
and I can tell you that lots of people are going to support a Republican because Roger is supporting Dakota Pacific. That singular issue mm. could kill him. What's the candidate's name that's running against him? Oh, I knew you were going to ask me that. Hold on. Sorry. <laughs> can you hold on just one second? And I Absolutely. Yeah. Let's give him some attention. Can you imagine? Can you imagine Bridger Bolander making a vote without any discussion with anyone? I, I cannot imagine that type of. We are the most blessed county in the United States. That's it. We really are. We've got a lot of great yep. engagement from our electeds. I'm. Let's see. You say there's three seats open. Our Corey Welsh. Corey Welsh? Corey with a T. Tory. Corey Welsh. Okay. Yeah. And I actually spent 90 minutes with him last week urging him to uh, expose it. He's against Dakota Pacific, he says. And I said, you want to you wanna make a strategic strike? against the council member you're running against, make sure everybody knows you're against Dakota Pacific. Roger won't say. Here's the hard part that I see is that when you have uh, county politics turnover because of some huge fractal issue like this one is, it never turns out well long-term. It always causes like a rift and, and, like a uh, bad juju in the whole county or or state or anything like that and it's too bad that this council's allowing it to come to this place yeah it turns neighbor against neighbor mm -hmm. and we saw that with the temple so where we are here yeah but I, the you, temple out here it it tore a tiny town erda the town is so tiny no one's ever heard of it it, it you know a population of like what 12 13 12 and a half i don't know they've got two sticks two sticks that poke out of a board and they go and change the numbers every day like they're judging they're gymnastics now, though, because of it but they because of that it caused this big rift and in this tiny town that rift lives on what yeah. three four years later yeah and it's and it went but this is the thing though when you've got this whole group of people against one issue that's rare and well, then that's when you've true. got a government ignoring them that's rare that's true but it'll still that it's, rift is not gonna it's not gonna get fixed until someone stands and i up don't to blame it. the people i blame the counts the council for it the council yeah. allowed it to come here i made this point in one of the letters i wrote that this is a nonpartisan issue and in mm -hmm. the whole uh, a country of extreme uh, polarization. Almost everybody here agrees that this is a bad thing, and right. yet, uh, and yet, the count three people. It only takes three people on the council to vote yes, and it's done. And yeah, it's sad. A sad state of affairs. Well, what a great year for an election year. I know because you got We've three had this kind of leverage before. Right, and if these people aren't listening, get them out. Yeah. Vote your conscience on this, people. Regardless if they're red and you're blue, whatever side you're on, go to the go to the people who are listening to you and who are going to do what you want as a p as a populist. Because we 
If you do that, if you don't and you continue, you're just this is the problem with with cities that are all blue and they complain about crime or they complain about taxes. When you keep doing the same thing and voting for the same people over and over, nothing changes. That is exactly insanity. <laughs> so that's make a change. That's the voter's fault. If you, right. That's the voter's responsibility. And that's why we're saying if you don't turn out for public comment and you don't vote these people out and you're stuck in traffic for the next 10 years, uh, then it's because you didn't vote. Elections have consequences. Right. And when you've got a huge group, you have 46,000 people and only 6,000 are showing up to vote, that yep. 6,000 is deciding for you what right. you want. If you don't go out and vote yourself, you get everything you deserve. Right. You get what those 6,000 people vote for you because you've said nothing, done nothing. So Gary, right. on that note, yeah, thank, thank you. you for what you're doing. And and stay in touch with us. And we'd love okay. to have you on again. If there's new mm -hmm. developments, um, okay. we, we've been trying to get, trying to get after legislation, legislative sessions over, I would really, I really want to get Kira Berkland in here and get talking to her about the issues and some of the bills that she's been supporting. But I, I'd be curious if she's been able to remedy this with, well, with what's happening in Summit yeah, County. Indeed. Ask her about her bill on the HDRZ. I'm, uh, this would be a good bill for Summit County, but uh, there's a belief that it's never even going to get out of committee, that it'll never be voted on even on the floor. Mm. But you can ask her about that. Will, Will do. All right, Gary, thank you. Thank you. Have a good God weekend. Bless, Have a wonderful thank night. You. And we'll talk again soon, hopefully. Very good. Thanks again for the time. Thank, thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye -bye. Bye -bye.